Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center presents Doc Talk, an informative health series educating our community on the services provided at Peace Health. We will begin with our host, George Henry, after these messages. You're not feeling well, you twist your ankle, or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away. There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health Walk-In Clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. Joining me now for this edition of Doc Talk, I've got three guests in the studio. Sort of like last month, we had three guests in the studio. This is three different guests. Dr. Ron Shearer, he's the division chief over at Peace Harbor Hospital. Jason Hawkins, he's the chief administrative officer with Peace Harbor. And Ron Green is the chair of the Community Health Board. And, of course, he's also the president and CEO of Oregon Pacific Bank. Welcome, one and all. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Now, we're going to talk about the 30th anniversary of Peace Harbor Hospital. We're going to get to that. That's kind of why you guys are here today. But I want to first talk about some of the services and things that are available at Peace Harbor. I know uh, there's always changes, there's always new things and uh, always updates coming up. So Dr. Shear, tell me a little bit about some of the services that are being provided right now. Well, I think we've uh, filled out our recruiting for some of our subspecialty services. So we have three general surgeons, uh, three orthopedic surgeons, and our OBGYN services uh, filled out. Uh, we're just adding child psychiatry, which is a needed service in town. And uh, we've also recruited some primary care physicians. Hopefully they'll be starting shortly. And we have two internists and a family practitioner that hopefully will be starting next year we're already recruiting for. Now, with the child psychiatry, it's something I, I don't really want to get into too much. But in recent months, we've had, we've had some suicides in, in, in the community. I think nine as of January. Um, is that something that, that the psych, child psychiatrist is brought in for, maybe to help with some of those issues? Yeah, I think there's a lot of issues going on with younger people in town that kind of get ignored to some extent. And uh, we have a, a large grant that's going to bring us into the schools more. And child psychiatry, I think, will help that and some counselors as well. Um, there's a lot of issues in schools with things such as bullying that maybe uh, can lead into a suicidal uh, problems and so hopefully we can make an impact on that you've been in medicine a while what what differences do you see obviously you have your hand in this and choosing the child psychiatrist and and all that what what do you see different with kids nowadays in that aspect or is it something you don't feel comfortable i don't know i'm, I'm not uh i'm not out dealing with them quite as much right. uh from what i see maybe they're uh becoming Adults, or at least having adult situations occur to them at earlier ages, uh, maybe a little bit more stress on them than I remember as a kid. I uh, see them as being less social too, overall. Yeah, maybe less less uh, friends that they can trust and confide to. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, 
Do you have a time frame for when the child psychologist will be brought in? Or? Uh, he starts orientation next week. Okay. Um, what are some of the other things that are available now? Last month we talked with the folks from the walk-in clinic, and, and they kind of got us up to date with that. Yep. But what are some other services in that are provided in-home, or maybe you know, do you do any satellite well, work? We're still working on palliative care. We're adding a second provider to that, and we got that position approved, so we're hoping to recruit for that and fill it. Um, I'm trying to bring in some specialty services from Gene over, so... Uh, the first one that will be coming is the infectious disease specialist. They'll be over here, I think, two Fridays a month, uh, helping with uh, any hep hepatitis C patients that we have. Um, I'd like to bring in some um, dermatology, possibly, and especially some sleep medicine. I think that's one service we really need in town. This is, this is an aside, of course, because when I start thinking about things. someone I heard someone say the other day that everybody has MRSA. Is that... Is that accurate? And just some of us deal with it. No, I don't our... think so. Okay, because uh, I was wondering about everyone. That. It's MRSA's the the staff that's resistant to methicillin, and everyone has staph and strep on their skin. And some people have the staph that's resistant to methicillin, but whether you have that, you all have the other staph on your skin anyhow. So it's a little bit less, maybe less important than it used to be, unless you're having a procedure in the hospital. Okay, because I, I wanted to straighten that up because I thought that didn't sound right to me. You Everyone know, could. So, well, you don't you, know. It, you, and most of it used to be uh, hospital-acquired, and now most of it's acquired out in the community. Has the, has the measles epidemic north of us here anything concerned the hospital at all? Yeah, it's, it's a, a real issue for us when someone comes in with a case of the measles. You've got to figure out who's immunized and who isn't. Uh, it would be so much easier if everyone was just immunized. What about like chickenpox? I heard someone talking the other day about they were in a situation where a child came. I don't, I don't think it was yeah. Peace Harbor, but a child came in with chickenpox, and there was a, a pregnant woman there. Yeah, pregnant the women facility. are even older adults. Uh, you get measles when you're a kid. You may be sick, and you may end up in the hospital, may even die. But you get it when you're an adult, much more likely to have those complications. And same thing with chickenpox and mumps and everything else. Okay. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment with uh, Dr. Ronald Shearer, Jason Hawkins, and Ron Green, and we'll talk more about what's happening at Peace Harbor. You're not feeling well, you twist your ankle, or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away? There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health Walk-In Clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. Well, that was the Dr. Ronald Shearer session that we just had there <laughs> talking about that. But now, Jason Hawkins, we're going to bring you in here to talk a little bit about capital improvements, what's going on at the hospital, and what things that we can expect in the next year, 10 years. Okay. Whatever yeah, the plan great. is. Yeah, now, I, uh, I know you recently got a grant for seismic upgrades. Let's start there because that's sure. what, what what is the most recent thing that I was 
told of. How does that fit in? I mean, is that a lot of work where things have to be shut down in order to do that project? Yeah, I, I think, uh, first of all, I want to thank Pat Kirby uh, for what he did on that. That's been a long time coming, and he's been a, a lead in that for several years. Um, and, yeah, it's about it's a $2.5 million grant. Um, there will be some additional upgrades that why we have uh, kind of the hood up, we're going to fix some other things while we're in there. Uh, we're not expecting services to be eliminated. They'll be somewhat truncated and maybe certain uh, of our 21 beds, some beds will be offline for short periods of time, but not all of our services all at the same time. Um, there's within that $2.5 million to $3 million project, uh, there's 27 mini projects inside of that to to focus throughout the hospital. And I think we're really just excited that uh, we know we're out of the tsunami zone. And we're really excited if there were to be a significant event like that, that we'll be a safe haven for the community. And they know we'll be there and um, we'll be able to take care of our community. Um, some of the newer uh, renovations that we've done around the emergency department expansion in 2016 and some of the recent radiology work we've done won't be as much work needed there. Uh, that work was already meeting those guidelines as we went in and did upgrades. So it's more aware the facility was initially designed in, uh, 30 years ago in 1989. Uh, we weren't, didn't have the requirements or did not have the studies in place to understand what would be required from a building code perspective. Now, what about a, a time frame? How long will this, will the like seismic upgrades, how long will that take? Yeah. So we, yeah, so we are currently in the design phase. Um, so we will be designed from now until about January of 2020. And then we'll probably mobilize in uh, February, March timeframe. And it'll be a year plus a couple months, about 14 months worth of work that'll take us into the spring of 2021 until completion of the project for that. Now, are there other capital improvements that are planned down the road? Uh, yeah, I, I should probably back up. We're really tickled that we got through the radiology and cardiology expansion. That was about a $5 million equipment and renovation requirements in there. And that is pretty much done. We've got a small cardiology piece we got to do yet with that. And uh, this year, uh, Sarah in the lab, we're doing a lab analyzer upgrade. Um, significant upgrade in, in the instruments we have in our lab for that as well. And um, this coming year, uh, we have about close to a million dollars worth of equipment upgrades around uh, inpatient services. So new patient, state-of-the-art patient monitoring, um, some new instruments uh, in the OR, fracture table, and um, also a really big thing is we're getting 20 new beds. Uh, as well for all of our patients, beds that really try to reduce pressure injuries while they're with us. So uh, continue to to make those investments uh, around the building in uh, technology and equipment and uh, monitoring for our, our nurses to use as well as the facility itself that we're trying to make it a safe place. Does hospital technology follow the same line as like telephones? I mean, like every two years seems like you got to get a new one. How quickly do things change where it requires you to make an investment in uh, in a new piece of equipment yeah it, it's it's somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven years you try to get a useful life out of a piece of equipment not so much the mechanical electrical part but it's more the software and uh, the the uh, the specifics that we can get images from and and the uh, the, the technology around that as software keeps changing and we're able to get better and better images we can get better tools for our radiologists and physicians to use for those things so it can be uh, the equipment can last, you know, sometimes a decade, but you will from time to time every three years do a software upgrade. 
Well, I know like in, it was specifically like with mammograms over the last 10 years, mm -hmm. the images have gotten better and better in the way they can look at things from different mm -hmm. angles now and see smaller and smaller, right. um, you know. Yeah, we really think that's our role in, in, in community hospitals now where we can uh, have the latest high-end equipment like 3D mammo, low-dose uh, CAT scans for lung cancer screening, early detection, uh, so when we're working with our physician partners, that we can get those patients in, get the studies taken care of, and catch things soon, and it can be treatable and sometimes curable. Now, in a community hospital, how, how are capital investments paid for? Is that something that you guys have from Peace Health, or is it do you raise? Do you do capital projects to raise money for that? Uh, both. Um, I think we have a very generous community here. Um, and uh, for instance, um, the um, we talked about it earlier with Dr. Shear, the the community resource centers at both Mapleton and Sayusla School District. Um, they're requiring uh, four hundred thousand dollars of capital improvements. Um, we had received six hundred thousand uh, of funding from the federal government last year for for program and startup and paying for for staff. But we needed to, f to find $400,000 worth of facility improvements. So uh, the Peace Harbor Foundation um, uh, provided $50,000 of seed money, and that allowed us to, to work with Peace Health. And Peace Health has a community investment fund, and we were able to petition that, and they're uh, awarding $350,000 to help with that Mapleton renovation. So we're really excited about that. And so this is something you're doing within the school yes. renovation? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And you have, have you already done it at CISA, or is it, it something that... It's happening over the summer. Both summer both projects will happen this summer while we're out of session. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we're really excited. A very rewarding project to do those expansions and go to where our community needs us, which are, as you mentioned earlier, um, getting out to the schools where it can be somewhat of a sanctuary and take them out of the classroom if they need be and be able to have a, a comfort area to, to share what's bothering them and how we can uh, provide some, some services to them. Uh, you know, other sources uh, of funding, you know, community funding, things like that, but ultimately it's, it's providing the care and then the insurance companies will provide that care and the reimbursements that we receive from that and the surpluses that we receive each and every year after we're done paying all of our expenses, those surpluses then are reinvested back into capital equipment, back into facilities to continue to offer better access, better care, better technology. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, a press release that I saw talking about how uh, Peace Health in general is one of the best places in the medical field to work. I noticed that was um, that came out I think two days ago. Mm -hmm. Talk about the the environment there, the family, the the working relationship that everybody has together at, at Peace Harbor. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's certainly why I choose to work in, in a community hospital. I, I think that um, oftentimes you see um, generations working at the same place, two and three generations in smaller community hospitals. Sometimes you see husbands and wives and sisters working together. Um, and generally, um, you know, there are privacy rules, but we generally, a lot of times we know who we're taking care of. Um, we, we know where the, who they are. and. There are our friends, neighbors, and uh, family members, and uh, we really feel like it's our calling to, to take care of those patients. So I think um, making sure that our caregivers know they can uh, have the freedom to take care of their patients and letting them know how much we appreciate that, I think is really important. I think that helps to separate us from, from other providers. Dr. Sure. How, how difficult is it in, in a community this small to, to staff the hospital? Uh, it can be challenging. 
because <clears throat> we, we have a smaller pool to draw from. And uh, uh, our MOAs, medical office assistants, sometimes they can find better paying jobs with uh, veterinary services or dental, office, dental offices or even in the restaurants. So, you know, there's a lot of competition. So we have to make sure that we provide as good a service as we can for them and make their job as enjoyable as we can get it for them and, and satisfying. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that healthcare can offer that other places can't. Uh, you know, you can you can help someone that's really in a bad shape get back to where they can enjoy their life again, and there's not many jobs you can do that in. Yeah, and, and finance is not the end all be all always of of having a good job either. I mean, you want to get well paid, but you yeah. want to be well appreciated where you're working too. Well, it's a not for profit. Usually, our pay is set to be at about the 50th percentile, and so it's it's not great, but it's not horrible. It's average. Yeah. I think one of the things we've done this year is our foundation has stepped up and provided some funding around caregiver appreciation events mm. um, where we're able to um, recognize that it's been a, a tough couple weeks for whatever the reasons might be or really busy or just some tragic uh, issues and it's an opportunity for us to step in and, and tell them thank you and, and uh, offer up maybe some movie tickets or offer up some, some uh, a free meal here or there. You know, just sometimes those random acts of kindness I think really makes a difference for people. Don't you also, doesn't Peace Health in general offer some educational benefits too for employees that want to increase their education? Yeah, we, we offer tuition reimbursement, continuing education for both providers and caregivers. We've had several nurses that have went through an educational program like that to become nurses now are working for us. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take another quick break, and we'll be back and talk about the 30th anniversary of Peace Harbor Hospital. And Ron Green's going to chime in on that one, too. So we'll be back in just a moment on this edition of Doc Talk. You're not feeling well? You twist your ankle? Or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away? There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health Walk-In Clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. Back on this edition of Doc Talk with Dr. Ronald Shear, Jason Hawkins, the Chief Administrative Officer, and Ron Green, Chair of the Community Health Board, President and CEO of Oregon Pacific Bank. Before we talk about the anniversary, though, there was one other thing about uh, you guys are currently a level four trauma center, and that's going to be upgraded. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's um, it's something we became aware of about a year ago when we were being accredited um, by the Trauma Foundation that they, they recognized we were kind of functioning as a level three where uh, many of our trauma patients that were coming in, we were taking care of admitting them, uh, doing whatever procedures we need to do and able to stabilize them and they're able to go home, you know, immediately or in a few days. So they, they uh, encourage us to consider looking at level three, um, which really helps continue to, to uh, shape the narrative about what Peace Harbor Medical Center means to Florence and the neighboring communities. So when people are having a motor vehicle accident, uh, there's an accident on the dunes, 
that um, our staff, um, our nurses and lab folks, radiology folks, respiratory therapists, are all highly trained and able to take care of these patients. And um, so it's really working with EMS um, and Jan Finley, Dr. Foster, a number of our surgeons, uh, some of our nurses, Toby and others, have been working to, to uh, actually get us to that level three, looking at all of our policies and procedures. And in the event that someone does need to be transferred because uh, the injuries are fairly significant, we have done all the legwork so that the studies don't need to actually be replicated at, at another facility like Riverbend. All right, that's pretty cool. All right, let's switch over to uh, 30 years. In 1989, uh, Peace Harbor came to town, and who's the historian? Is that you, Ron? Do you, do you have most of the history? In Boy, that's not me. Yeah, I, I would know a little bit about that, but probably Dr. Shearer or, or Jason might have more of the history. in 1995. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, I think, though, as a, as a community hospital, a small community like Florence really needed to have this here. Um, I like to say, and one of the things I'm most proud of to serve on this board is that, you know, the economic success of this town uh, goes through Peace Harbor Medical Center. People move here. People are wanting to be serviced here because of the great quality of care. So 30 years uh, of operating like this in in Florence, Oregon, is quite an asset we have. Uh, We're really excited to celebrate that. And, you know, to underscore the success that our Oregon Network and and Dr. Shearer have had in recruitment, certainly in the past years where people were having difficulty with primary care, now the organization is, is solving that problem. So uh, I think we're kind of operating at our top speed right now, doing a great, great service for this community. And, and 30 years is remarkable to me. What does the community health board do? Do they oversee things? What, tell me a little bit about that. Well, the, the one difference about a community health board is it's kind of an advisory board. It's not a governance board where it oversees and has a fiduciary responsibility over financial reporting. We do get to see the financials. I would say the biggest thing that we are uh, for the, the hospital itself is kind of the eyes and ears of the community. Uh, we hold the management, the administrative staff accountable for quality. Uh, they measure and track and report on quality patient experience. So the board gets to see that, see the trends. Um, but I think, you know, we have a cross section of people in the community from educators to other physicians, to I'm a banker, uh, to help assess what the needs are and provide our comments to both Dr. Shearer and Jason, as well as the network and the system. So the old saying that, you know, you can't please everybody. So when, when you are out in the community and you hear a comment that concerns you, what's the process for, for taking action on it? Well, the process for me or any board member would be to contact Jason. I mean, the, Jason, as the chief administrative officer, uh, would be the first point of contact for anybody in the community who has anything to say, good or bad. Um, and I would say, too, you know, as of late, too, especially, the comments have been very, very positive about the experience. But as a board member, you know, I don't run the hospital. I only provide advisory services. So Jason is really the person of contact. So what does it mean for a community like this to have a 30-year hospital celebrating this milestone? Because I've been in communities of similar size that haven't had the facility that Peace Harbor is. I mean, it's, it's much better than many places that I've seen. So how benefited are we here because of this? Well, really, that that's a, a thirty-minute answer because I think the benefit that you we I know <laughs> the benefit we receive <laughs> certainly the obvious the quality of care. Most things that people are experiencing are being taken care of here in Florence. There may be some special needs where they're they're moved over to Riverbend or elsewhere, uh, but the fact that we can be taking care of our patients here, the hospital can, is quite an asset. 
But what I alluded to earlier about the local social needs and economic needs of this community, people move here, people spend money here, buy homes here because of Peace Harbor Medical Center. The fact that we can attract a populace of, of retirees and others who know they can get quality care, that's a big asset for Florence. So are you guys planning a little low-key celebration, or are you planning a big blowout? Well, I'm going to defer this to Jason, but okay. I would say probably a little bit of a low-key celebration, but a celebration nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Ron. <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, what we're planning on July 12th from 2 to 5 uh, near the cafeteria at the Peace Harbor Cafe is open to the public. Uh, some ice cream, some snacks, opportunity to look at some, uh, some uh, videos from the days gone by and some opportunity to talk to people who are here now and direction we're going, a, a chance to uh, celebrate, um, you know, 30 years of walking together and an opportunity to find a way to walk together for another 30 years. So July 12th, 2 to 5, have some ice cream, snacks, some drinks, stop by, maybe get a brief tour if uh, time permitting and situation permits. Uh, love to have people come out and um, thank them for supporting us over those 30 years. Dr. Ron Shear, Jason Hawkins. Ron Green, thank you all for being here today, and uh, have yourself a great rest of the day. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. You have been listening to Doc Talk, presented by Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. For more information on the program and services provided, visit peacehealth.org.